I hope you are enjoying this reading of the Denari novel, The Maesta Panels. For those of you just joining us, if you wish to catch up, simply go back to episode Extra 1.0 and start from the beginning. You'll be caught up in no time. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-218-6010. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-218-6010. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-218-6010. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Welcome back to the History of North America Extra. I'm Mark Vinette. The Maesta Panels, Chapter 40 The presence of their pursuers stunned Wade. He turned to Julia and mimed soft walking movements while pointing down the corridor. She understood his meaning and proceeded to follow him back through the hallway, down the four steps and into the dig area. It's the sedan guys, he whispered. Let's hide apart, pointing at the two largest tombs at opposite ends of the chamber. Julia crouched down and Wade kneeled behind the stone vaults, shielded, waiting in dead silence. They were no longer in total darkness. The site's dim illumination had returned along with the reactivation of the crypt's general lighting system. Seconds passed like minutes. They heard the faint echo of steps coming from the far end of the corridor. Julia guessed the men were tipped off by the metal chain and placard resting on the floor at the hallway's entrance. The footsteps got a bit louder as the men approached the dig area, then stopped for what seemed like an excruciatingly long time. Wade could now hear them exhaling. Julia stilled, stopped breathing, felt their proximity. Her heart pounded so hard she could almost hear it. The intruders did not speak but their shadows betrayed their stealth communication gestures. When first seeing them in the crypt area, Wade noticed that they carried handguns. He assumed the weapons were now pointing towards their general area, ready to be discharged upon encounter. The footsteps resumed forward motion, abandoning the smooth hard rock floor of the corridor for the uneven coarse stones of the four steps. Wade tensed up his body instinctively entering survival mode with all senses on full alert. His mouth went cotton dry. Julia shook with fright. She heard and felt a presence to her right slowly shifting around the protective tomb that was her safeguard. Without computing the consequences of her actions, she swung the heavy metal flashlight she still held in her right hand around the side of the tomb, a few inches from the ground. 
Her improvised weapon struck flesh and bone around the ankle area, causing its victim to stumble forward and scream in pain. He went down hard. Surprised by the sudden sharp noise and disturbance, Wade stood upright and faced the second pursuer, the capped man, across from his protective stone barrier. Julia's actions had not only temporarily disabled her pursuer, but distracted his partner, allowing Wade to swing his sturdy lantern towards the head of his confused stalker. The violent strike caused the man to discharge his weapon. Wade abandoned the protection of his tomb and sprung towards Julia's fallen pursuer. Wade lifted his right foot and forcefully struck the man on his elevated forehead, causing the back of his skull to hit the stony ground without mercy. Taking advantage of the severe head wounds inflicted on both of their pursuers, Wade grabbed Julia's upper arm and led her up the four steps into the corridor. They emerged into the crypt and ran towards the public entrance area. As they approached the exit, they encountered a mob of onrushing men and women brandishing weapons. They stopped and waited for the group to move closer to them, noticing that they were all wearing dark, close-fitting windbreaker jackets. The official-looking coats had three letters emblazoned on their upper left front, with larger ones on the back. Wade looked at Julia as they were surrounded by the contingent, wondering if they had been saved or captured by GDF, the Guardia di Finanza. I'm Mark Vinette, and I hope you enjoyed the listen. The Historical Jesus Podcast is the sweeping saga of the life and times of Galilean Jesus of Nazareth, as well as the faith, religion, and church founded to honor and disseminate his acts and teachings. Join me, Mark Vinette, on this fascinating journey through time, exploring the many great works of Christian theology, literature, architecture, music, and art inspired by the words and deeds of Jesus Christ.